According to someone's calculation, 125 people died in World War II for every word in Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf. It's a sobering reminder of Proverbs 18:19, which says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yes, the two pounds of flesh attached to the bottom of your mouth is either a positive life-giving source or a weapon of mass destruction. With it, you can build people up or tear people down. No wonder Jesus said, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. And whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, was either terribly naive or a liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words can crush your spirit. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and you're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Great is the power of the human tongue. It can divide or unite, kill or give life. Today, Ron returns to the book of Proverbs to show us how to use our tongues for good and not for evil, to build one another up instead of tearing one another down. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron and part two of his Something Good Radio message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. The Apostle Paul said these words in Titus chapter 3 and verse 10, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. It's a serious matter. It's a serious matter to use your tongue to divide people into camps. And one of our favorite ways to do that is through gossip and slander and backbiting. These are all mentioned in the book of Proverbs and elsewhere in the Bible. You know what backbiting is? It's talking about somebody behind their back negatively. If you're going to talk about somebody behind their back, say a positive thing. But when you say something about somebody behind their back in a negative way, you're a backbiter. And the Bible has some strong, strong words for that. So in, uh, for instance, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Proverbs 16 and verse 28, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer, a whisperer separates friends. That's the gossip. They go around whispering, whispering. Did you hear about this? I heard. When you start a conversation or hear somebody start a conversation, I heard, stop right now. Stop right now. You're spreading gossip. And you ought not participate in that. And if you're a leader in the church, you need to step into that conversation and say, we don't do that here. We should have a no-tolerance policy in the church when it comes to gossip, slander, backbiting. And our sensitivities raised to it as much as it would be to immorality. Because again, the devil uses this to bring down a church especially when things aren't going the way everybody wants it to. The whisperer, the whisperer. 
Proverbs 20 and verse 19, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a babbler. You shut that person down right now in the love of Jesus Christ and tell them, we don't do that here. And don't associate with that person. After one rebuke and two rebukes, if they don't respond, distance yourself from that person. You're fired. We're not going to have that around here. These are strong words. But Ann Landers years ago, as Ann Landers or one of the other uh, columnists, personified gossip and wrote this in one of her columns, my name is Gossip. I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cunning and malicious and gather strength with age. I am more quoted, or the more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no name and no face. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I am nobody's friend. Once I tarnish a reputation, it is never the same. I topple governments and ruin marriages. I ruin careers and cause sleepless nights, headache, and indigestion. I spawn suspicion and generate grief. I make innocent people cry in their pillows. Even my name hisses. My name is gossip. Again, no tolerance policy when it comes to the negative and misuse of our tongue. You see why I wanted to deal with the negative first and then turn positive? Because I want us to all walk out of here uh, with a smile on our faces. But there are ways in which we can use our words to tear people down and to tear churches and organizations down. If you're a business owner or an employer, you need to have a no-tolerance policy when it comes to these kinds of things because it will destroy company morale when you have a whisperer and a gossip and a slanderer and a backbiter. So the the next observation is, is in a positive direction, and that is that our words can lift people up. And no greater use of our words than than to encourage and to lift people up, even to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Let me give you four or five ways, and and just touch on this uh, from Proverbs, four or five ways that our words can lift people up. The first is by giving wise counsel. Proverbs 10 and verse 32 says, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Proverbs 15 and verse 7, the lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of fools. Proverbs 15 and verse 22, without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. Do you need some wise counsel? Boy, one way that you can be an encouragement in this way or or lift people up is by offering wise biblical counsel. After 11 weeks in the book of Proverbs, you ought to be able to offer some wise biblical counsel and to lift people up when they need some direction. I hope we have a lot of people who can provide that kind of counsel in our church. The other is through wise teaching. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is is a fountain of life. Uh, Proverbs 10 and verses uh, 20 and 21, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. God has gifted some of you to teach. 
whether it's in a school to little children or high school children or uh, uh, middle school children, uh, maybe even at the college or university level. Others of you are Bible teachers and Sunday school teachers and small group leaders. God's given you the gift of teaching. What a, what a positive use of our tongues uh, to provide not only wise counsel, but wise, wise teaching and instruction from God's Word. James chapter 3 tells us that those who teach are held to a higher standard. So be careful just uh, walking into that profession, uh, not knowing the accountability that will be yours and ours as teachers of the Word of God. But we can encourage people and lift people up by our teaching. Uh, probably every one of us in this room remembers a teacher a teacher that really made a difference in our lives because of the positive way they lifted us up and, and helped us to, uh, to broaden our horizons and uh, broaden our scope of knowledge. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, stop by somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to access the Something Good Digital Library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good Digital Library at somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. So pack your bags and join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2 can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, they include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, 
and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now for more on the power of the human tongue, here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. A third and obvious way we can use our words to lift people up is through encouragement. Uh, One of my favorite verses in Proverbs is uh, chapter 25 and verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Uh, The right words spoken at the right time in the right context. Oh, it's just a beautiful thing, isn't it? And and sometimes it takes a little discernment about what the right word is and when the right time to deliver that word and what the occasion might be. But but some of you are very, very gifted in the ability to encourage others. Proverbs 12 and verse 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. A good word makes him glad. I have a daily devotional that goes out if you sign up for it on our website, and I just titled it, A Good Word. A good word, because anything from God's word is a good word, right? Hopefully that uh, will make us us glad and is a word that is fitly spoken. Proverbs 15, verse 23, to make an an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. Again, the right word spoken at the right time on the right occasion is... uh, something that fills our hearts with joy. And then Proverbs 15 and verse 30, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart and good news refreshes the bones. Proverbs 16 and verse 24, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. All of this reminds me of a New Testament character found in the book of Acts named Barnabas. Remember Barnabas? He's called the son of encouragement. I love to meet Barnabas in the church today. There are many across our church family who are just encouragers. Somebody once said encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. And it is. When you speak an encouraging word into somebody's life, boy, it just just fills that person's life with a, a breath of fresh air and oxygen and gladness in their hearts. Find somebody today that you can encourage. I challenge you with that. And we live in such a negative world, such a critical world. The 24-hour news cycle is so, it's such bad news, such criticism, and and people pitting themselves against one another and criticizing for this and criticizing for that. Be the kind of person who walks into a room, be the kind of person in your office, be the kind of person in your small group and in in your church 
that encourages people and speaks that glad word that finds the good news in the midst of a lot of bad news. And you don't have to fake it, but do ask God to help you to be an encourager. Here's another way we can use our words to lift people up, and I categorize this as friendly wounds. Friendly wounds. What do I mean by that? Proverbs 27 and verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. What a contrast there. The faithful friend who brings you a wound, a word of constructive criticism. Now, and I'm the first to say, no, I, I don't like to receive criticism, and nobody does. But we all need it, right? We all have blind sides. And it's the faithful friend, the, the friend who has been with you for many years, the friend who unconditionally loves you, the friend who has logged in uh, many days, many months, many years of encouragement in your life. That's the kind of faithful friend that can come and bring a, a word that might sting a little bit, might wound you. It, it's not the kisses of the enemy. It's not the person who comes and kisses up to you all the time and flatters you all the time, even from a distance, but suddenly, boom, brings the hammer down. They, they haven't logged in the times of encouragement, of, of, of genuine relationship there. No, it's the faithful wounds of a friend that bring life to us, right? And every one of us needs somebody like that in our life. If you have shut down the kind of conversation to where you, people can never give you constructive criticism, you're in a dangerous place. That should start with your spouse who knows you best, who loves you best, who, who loves you unconditionally. But, but if you have the kind of relationship where as, as, as soon as a little bit of constructive, boy, you shut that down, again, dangerous place. Dangerous place for leaders to, to never be able to receive constructive criticism. Now, criticism can come from a lot of wild, different angles. It's the faithful friend. Not everybody has the right to speak criticism into your life as faithfully as the friend does who has logged in a lot of years of encouragement and, 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 and trustworthiness. Proverbs 25 and verse 12, like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Find somebody you trust to speak those friendly wounds to you and, and, and open up your ear to listen. It'll be like a gold ring or an ornament of gold when that reproof comes along. Here's a fifth and final way we can use our words to encourage others, and this is through, through humor. Uh, Proverbs 15 and verse 13, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. And a couple verses later, Proverbs 15 and verse 5, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. I, I love the picture of Jesus I see sometimes. It's one of my favorite of him, and I know it's just an artist's rendition and, and, and just a speculation, but it's with Jesus with his head thrown back in laughter. It's maybe hard to see it in the black and white pages or, or red and white pages of the Gospels, but, uh, you know... The, the perfect son of God. No, he wasn't a comedian, but I bet there were times of great laughter. And there should be times of laughter in our lives. Don't take yourself so seriously, okay? 
Sometimes we as Christians and the outside world looks in on us, they think, man, those Christians are just, they look like they were baptized in lemon juice. I mean, come on. You know, just so serious about things. Yes, we're dealing with matters of life and death and serious matters, but let's not take ourselves so seriously. I don't have the natural gift of comedy. God didn't call me to be a stand-up comedian, thankfully. I'd be in the poorhouse. But I love to be around people who laugh. I love to be around people who have a good sense of humor. I, I love to be in a meeting with leaders and maybe the conversation is a little tense and somebody breaks the ice with some humor. We need more of that to just lift our hearts. You know the old uh, study, it takes fewer muscles to smile than it does to frown. So we need to do a little bit more smiling around here than frowning. Well, that is a, a fast journey through the book of Proverbs, and we left a lot of verses on the sidelines, believe me. There's so much Proverbs has to say about what we say and how we say it. And I want to suggest to you that the highest and most exalted use of our tongues is not just to lift people up, but to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, The old hymn says, Oh, for a thousand tongues we sing praises to his name. And may that be true of us, that we use our tongues and the thousands of them associated with this church to praise his name and to lift up his name, because as we use our tongues to praise his name and lift up his name, um, the scripture promises that he will use that to draw all men and women to himself. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Speaking Words of Wisdom. And Ron joins me now, and Ron, we've come to the end of another great series here on Something Good, Any final thoughts before we wrap it up about today's message or about the series in general? Yes, and thanks, Brian. And I do want to add something to the message I shared today on the power of our words. You know, Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 tells us that the kindness of God leads to repentance. And I think we can learn a practical lesson from that scripture. Whether you're dealing with a Christian friend who has stumbled or talking to someone who has never put his or her faith in Christ, A kind word goes much farther than a harsh one. And I'm not asking anyone to sacrifice the truth. Uh, What I'm saying is to be wise and gracious when you share that truth. And I've said this before, and I believe it's true. People don't need to be scared out of hell. They need to be loved into heaven. It is kindness and grace and mercy that motivates people to repent. Harsh words, no matter how true they are, often have the opposite effect. And I don't want to get too deep into human psychology here, but when you pile on to people and and pile on to the point of condemnation, they often become so ashamed that they feel worthless or hopeless or, or both, as if they can't possibly change, and as if God couldn't possibly forgive them. We're so much better off speaking the truth in love, knowing that we too are sinners saved by the grace of God, and also knowing that there will come a time when we are the ones being corrected and encouraged to repent. So don't water down the truth, don't avoid it, but share it. And do it in a way in which your speech is filled with kindness, seasoned with salt, and brings honor to the name of Jesus Christ. The power of life and death are in the tongue. Thanks, Ron, for those final thoughts on today's message, speaking words of wisdom. Now, before we sign off, 
What can you tell us about your next series, which begins tomorrow, right here on Something Good Radio? Brian, years ago, someone went through the entire Bible and came up with over 2,000 verses of Scripture on money, wealth, and material possessions. Uh, That's a lot of editorial space. Now, you compare that to about 500 verses on prayer and 500 verses on faith, and you get some sense that this is a really important subject to God. Here's something else. Of the 38 parables of Jesus recorded in the Gospels, 16 of them have a money or stewardship theme. Uh, He understands, and we need to understand, that one of the greatest threats to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is this thing called money. And that's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you can't serve both God and money. So we're going to dive into this subject for the next several days. And really, Brian, it boils down to a single overarching question. Do you view yourself as an owner of all that you possess or as a steward of that which has been entrusted to you by God? That's something to keep in mind as we head into this next series. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones begins his series, His Money, Your Faith. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.